2000 Olympics. I can't remember the day or the time of day. But leading up to this particular event that I'm going to describe, some of you are going to be quite familiar with it. We had watched a trend all week. The Bahamian girls had been not only qualifying in their heats, but they were destroying uh, the competition in the heats. And at some point toward uh, the finals of the relay, uh, my wife and I came to the conclusion that, wait a minute, we got four girls and they've made it at least to the semifinals. I think something special is going to happen. We made it through the preliminaries of the relays only to find ourselves in the finals of the four by 100 meter relay women. The race was off. By the way, put on a pause. Why do people eat at sporting events? I mean, it's so tense. You have all this food, you, don't, you forget to eat. Side note over. You put your stuff down, you find yourself glued to the television, and the gun goes off. And all you can do at that point is hope for the best. Leg one takes off. And they're running as hard, they're just jumping, digging, digging, and you're there, go, go, go. Your fingers are digging into the handles of the chair. The exchange is given, and it's clean. And you're like, yes! And that second leg tears up the back stretch, and they're eating up all the stagger, and they pass it off to the third leg. At this point, you're just decking each other. Look at them go. And they're going. And they eat up the third leg and they make up more of the stag on that curve and they hand it off. And at this point, you can't contain yourself. You're talking to the television. <laughs> That's strange in itself. Maybe we should all be committed, right? But you're talking to the television. You're saying, go, go, and you're cheering them on. And that fourth leg gets it, boy, and they run like nobody's business. And that day, the Bahamas ran through the tape first. First, we won. And of course, if you were anywhere, well, at the time of the race, we just so happened to be living in Rollywood, North Carolina. And we couldn't share the joy with anyone, so we just beat up on one another. But the celebration I heard that took place back home was something to behold. Isn't it great to watch somebody run a race and win? Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us to be exposed to your word. Open my heart, open our hearts, open our ears, open our eyes to see you clearly. Give us understanding, dear God, to be able to leave here today with a better idea of how we should run the race. Father, for your honor and your great, great glory, 
We ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would turn to me, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, if you haven't figured it out as yet, I am not Pastor Lee. <laughs> um, I spent just a little bit more time on the beach than Pastor Lee did. I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Um, it is certainly a joy and a privilege to be here with you. Um, as I was thinking over, mulling over, trying to figure out what to share with you this morning, and in light of our being inundated with Olympic stuff over the last few days, and you got to understand, in my household, we're not normal over the next 17 days. We're just trying to get every bit of Olympics as we can. How many of you saw the queen jump out the helicopter? Ha! <laughs> got you all too, didn't she? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. I understand it was a stand-in, but that's all right. It looked good all the same. Did you all see the... the, 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 the... No, not the fireworks. The... Ah, the torch. Did you all... Was that ingenious or what? 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says to these precious saints in Corinth. He says in verse 4, 24, sorry, he says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win, Paul says. Everyone who competes, in the games, exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Just as a, as, a, as, a, as a further point of reference, you don't have to turn there. Let me just read it into your hearing. We'll come back to it in a few minutes. But listen to what Paul says in another letter to another group of believers in the church of Philippi. Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, in verse 12, he says, Not that I have already attained, sorry, not that I have already obtained it, or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As I was thinking, as I was uh, uh, just asking God, what should I share uh, with, uh, with you this morning? The whole idea of running uh, came to mind. As a matter of fact, I took the liberty of, of looking... I snooped around on the internet last night and uh, I typed in, uh, what was it, athletes who were disqualified in the Olympics. Brilliant topic. And what started to pop up was 
titles like past Olympic cheats, major scandals of the Olympics, the top 10 scandalous moments of Olympics. And I thought about it in reference to us, not that we cheat, not that we do anything scandalous, not that we are desirous of making the top 10, but certainly if I may encourage you by way of scripture how we cannot or how we can always resist making the top 10 as I discovered last evening. For example, uh, 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 there was a particular gentleman that I liked to watch. His name was Ben Johnson. This dude was a beast. Can I say that in church? My favorite guy was Carl Lewis. Now Carl Lewis held the world record for the longest. Ben Johnson pops up on the scene and he just destroys everyone in the 100 meters. Three days later they discover after doing several testing that Ben Johnson, he is loaded, loaded with steroids. Not only did he beat Carl Lewis, this fella just breaks the world record. I mean, he's left, he left everybody watching like, We, we have this thing in our house where we, we take the light and we critique commercials. And uh, there's this new, I almost said the word, there's this new cornflakes commercial that came out. And um, there's this man in this yellow suit. And he's got a spoon on his nose and he's got a little honey dipper. And he's introducing, uh, what's the name of the, 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 the cornflakes? No, it's not Cheerios. I wish it was Cheerios. I might have been interested in eating it. Crunchy. And there's a scene where this guy who's sitting in his house, he's completely bored to death at breakfast. And he's eating his cornflakes and this guy in his yellow suit pops up and he kind of looks up like, that's kind of how you looked when Ben Johnson destroyed it. Only to find out he's, dis- he's disqualified. How do we run this race in life this spiritual race, this race of life, and run it in such a way that we don't get disqualified. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, listen to what he says again in verse 24. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Here's his first option. Here's his first challenge to us. He says, run in such a way that you may win. In other words, follow the rules. Ben Johnson did not follow the rules. The rules are you can't compete fully loaded. I'm trying to talk in terms that you would understand. Run in such a way that you may win. Verse 25, Paul says, everyone who competes, everyone who contends, Everyone who fights, everyone who runs in the games exercises self-control in most things. Is that what it says? He says, they exercise self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So Paul says, run in such a way that you win. 
Secondly, he says, exercise self-control in all things. Um, there is a technique that we employ uh, in coaching where what we would do is we would create panic situations. And here's how you would create a panic situation. Usually games come down to the last two minutes. Usually the last point. And so as a coach, what you would do is you would train for pressure situations. You with me? For example, in a basketball game, it's 20 seconds and the score is tied and you're playing for the last shot. So a coach would create such an environment. So when the athlete, well, they would create that environment in practice. So when the athlete finds himself in a real situation, he's able to stay cool, stay calm under pressure. When I was an athlete, sorry, when I was an athlete, my coaches would do that to us. They would put us in pressure situations. So that when the real thing came along, you were able to. One of the things they would do is, uh, in practice, you've been running for two hours, and it's time to go, your parents are in the parking lot waiting on you, and the coach would say something dumb like, who's tired? You always tell the rookies on the team, oh, coach, I'm tired. It's like, stupid, don't say that. Because that's ten more suicides. But he would wear you out so that even when you're sucking fumes, you're tired, you're beat, it's looking demoralized and you're able to stand cool. Listen to what Paul says. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. In other words, don't panic. Stick to the game plan. How many of you, how many of you have found yourself in a tight spot? Was it just me? Oh, no, there you go. All of us have found ourselves in a tight spot. Uh, for example... Um, no money. Anybody ever? <laughs> How about you're in the grocery line and you forgot your wallet home? <laughs> I got a big hand waving back there. Ah, I see it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, um, give me some other tense moments. Um, A flat tire without a spare. You're traveling and you left home without your ticket. Sister, we got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> we find ourselves in situations. Tense at best. And what do you do? As a matter of fact, in Sunday school this morning, uh, uh, Peter said in uh, uh, his, his letter to the, to the church, he says, uh, Think it not strange the fiery ordeal that we find ourselves in. A good runner is going to keep himself composed in light of his circumstances. Moving right along. So Paul says, run in such a way that you win. Follow the rules. Two. Secondly, he says, exercise self-control in everything. Now, 
just before we go on, um, there is an interesting debate that, 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 that's been going around town um, with regards to... <laughs> um, I shouldn't bring this up in church, eh? I can call it anyway. With the whole gambling thing. Okay? Let's, let's pretend for a minute. We, we can't address this in Sunday school. Um, I'm putting in a plug here for home builders. If you don't have a good Sunday school to... If you don't have a good Sunday school to find yourself in, home builders is the place. So I got a bad case of indigestion. I can't sleep. Heartburn killing me. And I finally go off to sleep and I wake up this morning and number six keep popping up in my mind. I run in late and I get to the car and there's three pigeons sitting on top of the hood. Surely. Stay with me. Now, the number six and the number three really don't mean nothing to me. Usually, but you see, understand, right now is the end of the month. Hangs tight, I broke. This number six keep popping up in my mind. And them three pigeons sitting on my car. I get to the corner. And I give the fella 75 cents for a paper. And he give me two newspapers. Oh, okay. So six and three and two. Two times three is six. Lord, Lord, is this you? Could it be? This how you've chosen to bless? Run in such a way that you run to win. All of a sudden now God is speaking to you and he says, Patrick, go and play this game of chance and I'll bless you. Thirdly, Look at verse 26. We just want to look at how we're to run this race. Verse 26. Paul says, Therefore, better yet, let's read verse 25. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. Therefore, he says, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. Run with a purpose. Let me ask you something. Why do we, why do we run this race? Why do we put up with the things that we put up with? As a matter of fact, Paul Peter talks about this fiery ordeal. In the verse, you've got to understand and appreciate, there is a purpose, he says, behind the fiery ordeal. Can anyone tell me what the purpose behind it is? Is it just to watch, make Patrick squeam? Is it, is it to make Patrick pay for that window he broke when he was... Is this just my punishment? 
what is the purpose behind the fiery ordeal and why should I have to be the one to, to run through it, to run in it? Any takers? Any guesses? Yes. To make me stronger. Part of the purification process. Could it be that God allows us in that situation so that he gets the glory? Paul says, run as one without aim. In my reading last night, there was this guy in one of the Olympics. I can't remember which one. Took off running. I think it was the 1948 Olympics. It's in Great Britain. Takes off running. He's running the marathon. And um, in the middle of the marathon, he quits. He just says, you know, forget it. He catches a ride. He catches a ride and... Uh, on his way back uh, to collect his clothes, somehow people see him and mistakenly declare him the winner. Oh, I'd love for something like that to happen to me. Thank you, thank you, call me. <laughs> you know? They mistakenly declare him the winner and, and, and the fellow accepts the accolades. He, he receives all the awards <laughs> and, and all the pomp and pageantry that comes with winning a marathon. How do you think he felt when it was discovered that he was not who he claimed to be? And what do you think about the embarrassment that, would, that came with having to Demetal him. Paul says, Paul says, run as one with aim. He says, box, not as one beating the air. How many of you have seen any version of Sanford and Sons? And how many of you who have watched Sanford and Sons have seen Fred Sanford land a blow? Hold me, Lamont. I'm hitting. And Paul says, when you box, box in such a way that you hit something every time you swing. Now think about that as far as our Christian walk, our daily walk is concerned. How do I run in such a way, how do I box in such a way that God gets the glory? Verse 27, Paul goes on, he says, But I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. I wish I could skip this point. This whole idea of disciplining the body. As a matter of fact, one translation says, I bruise myself. 
That's pleasant. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll have some of that. No one wants to volunteer. No one wants to participate in that sort of thing. But if we go back to verse 24, Paul says, run in such a way that we win. What would you say, what would you say to a person who shows up uh, whenever the track and field starts this week and, uh, and the heats are going on? What would you say about a person who shows up there with a pair of jeans on, some combat boots, a long sweater, and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a jacket, and a baseball cap? What would you say about that person? He's not clothed in his right mind, right? He's a couple french fries short of a happy meal. He's not serious about winning. As a matter of fact, he's not, go- he's not running to win. Would you say that? Okay. Stay with me for a minute. If, 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 if I do things... If I allow things to happen in my body that will not be beneficial to me, am I running to win? Some of you, I'm still not clear. If I put alcohol and drugs, etc., etc., in my body, am I running in a way to win? Good. I thought you were with me. Uh, if, 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 if what I view on television, if what I watch on the internet, are going to be harmful to me. Now, already I hear something in your mind. Well, wait a minute. We, under, we ain't under law. We under grace. Praise God. But there are certain things... If I am going to be a true athlete for God, then I cannot and should not partake of, participate in. Would you agree? People gave Michael Phelps a hard time because he did not participate in the opening ceremonies. He's going to get an extra hard time now since he's been beaten. But the point I'm trying to make is they gave him a hard time. Because he wanted to use that time, that five-hour opening ceremony time to rest. What did he train four years for? Two years for? Whatever it was. What did he train for? For the opening ceremonies or to swim? Back to what I was saying. If this race of life If our Christian walk is to be done in such a way that I win, that I hear those faithful words of God, well done, good and faithful servant. You with me? If if I'm living this life in such a way that when, 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 when I am awarded a crown, you with me? then there are certain things that I, as an athlete for Christ, cannot do. So Paul says, discipline your body. Bruise yourself. Beat yourself into... He says, as a matter of fact, I make my body my slave. Just so that I won't be disqualified. 
I'm not going to make an advertisement for any particular television program at this point. I think I've done enough. But surely God understands that there's a marathon coming on this weekend. A, a whatever marathon. Gunsmoke marathon. Big Valley marathon. I'm going old school. You fill in the blanks. Whatever it is. But yet, God is saying, listen, when's the last time you and I sat together in the Word of God? But God, you've got to understand, there's a marathon coming on this weekend. So, run in such a way that you win. Run in such a way that you win. Exercise, practice, self-control in all things. Run with a purpose. Box deliberately. And discipline your body. Discipline yourself. But, but, but how do I know what the rules are? Do, do you think maybe this may give me some idea as to how to run? Listen to what Paul says in another letter to the church at Ephesus. Listen to what he says in chapter 4. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And Paul takes the next three chapters to tell them how to walk exactly like that. That's pretty cool. Here's the guidebook. Here's, here's the rule book. Or, or are you like me who... I, I get a piece of equipment and um, uh, I'm ashamed to admit this. I, I'm, I'm one of those type who uh, you get a piece of equipment and you take the all the extra paper they give you. Maybe that's for lining the, the kitty litter or something. I don't know why they give me all that paperwork. So I just start putting plugs here and there, and most of the time it works. I even have extra plugs left over. <laughs> it's not until something goes wrong, or I start seeing smoke coming out of the thing, I said, well, maybe, maybe those papers were for something. <laughs> and rule number one, read all instructions first. <laughs> Oops. Guys, here it is. God's given us His Word. He's told us how to run. He's told us how to walk. He's told us how to live. And we refuse to read the manual. We refuse to read it. Philippians chapter 3. Listen to what Paul says as we close. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. Not that I've already obtained it, that is the prize, or the end. Not that I have already obtained it, 
or have already become perfect. But I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, one of these days you and I are going to stand before God Almighty. And that's going to be an exciting time. I can't wait. The stuff that we have to put up with. The fiery ordeals that come our way for our testing, as Scripture says. And to know that as a result of passing the test, that that there's an award, there's a reward. I don't know about you, but I get excited. Surely, there's got to be a purpose behind this beatdown I'm getting. Amen? Or at least it feels like that. To know that one day, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to stand before God Almighty. Back up. How many of you have taken a test that you dreaded? Think school. It may be a little ways back for some of you, but think school. Some of you may have studied for the test and... You got into the test and you look at it and you say, good night, what is this, French? Some of you may have not studied for the test. And you sat there and you look at it and you say, well, where do I put my name? <laughs> but we've all taken tests. And some of them we passed. Amen? And the ones you passed, you remember, you remember the, 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 the relief when you got your paper back and it was at least a pass? <laughs> Some of y'all look at me like, I didn't get no pass. Phew! <laughs> what a feeling it was. This morning we were talking about it. You know, sometimes as far as the tests that God allows to come our way, you know, sometimes God gives retests when we don't do so well. Anybody like retests? You should see the heads back there. Like, no, no, no. Run then in a way that you win. As you go through the trial, as you go through the de- ordeal, as you run, as you run, as sometimes you may even have to crawl, think, 
end result. Think big picture. Think about how this is going to bring glory to God. I had a coach. I didn't call his name, but some of y'all in here know him. He took me one day, and a group of us, he took us right to the corner of Prince Charles, Old um, Soldier Road and Prince Charles, right where Rasmus Cemetery, um, funeral home is. And he told us to look east. Now see, I live out east. The man told us to look east, and he said, here's what we're going to do today, fellas. He says, you're going to spread a lamppost, you're going to jog a lamppost. That's fine. I'm picking super value. You can spread a lamppost, jog a lamppost. Spread a lamppost, jog a lamppost. And some fool in the group say, Coach, how far? Here what the man said. The man said, run till you see the water. (laughs) (laughs) He takes off. And as he takes off, he looks back, he shouts back over his shoulder, he says, Whoever I beat gets extra. We took off. We spread a lamppost, we jog a lamppost. We spread a lamppost, we jog a lamppost. A lamppost, and then we walk the lamppost. <laughs> we got through it. There and back. And then my mom can't figure out why I can't put weight on. <laughs> what was the motivation for us to keep going? Lamppole after lamppole after. Do you know they even skip some lampposts? On... There's some places on Prince Charles, there should be a lamppost. <laughs> but why? Well, what was the motivation? What was the motivation? Getting to the finish line. You got to understand, some of you all are saying, you see, us adults, we think, listen here, when I was tired, I can just stop. But you got to understand, at 12, 13, 14 years old, and, and your life is hanging in this person's hand, you'll do anything they tell you to do. Especially if they threaten you with food. So we took off and we ran. We would run. Run in such a way that you win. Run in such a way, run in such a way that God gets the glory. You know what? There were times in that experience that I would stop. And you'd walk past somebody's house. It was four o'clock in the afternoon. You smelled somebody cooking. You said, my dope. You run past another yard and you'd see children playing in the yard. And you say, you say, why can't I have a normal life like them? You'd walk, run past another yard or whatever and somebody's out there mowing the lawn. You say, boy, it sure would be fun mowing that lawn. The point I'm trying to make is it doesn't feel good going as you're going through it. Does it? doesn't feel good when you get bad news from the doctor that you have 
doesn't feel good getting news from your boss saying that they're going to have to make your job redundant. It doesn't feel good when you get a news or a call from your child's principal saying, can you come to school? It doesn't feel good. But you've got to run the race. You've got to run it in such a way that God gets the glory. It doesn't feel good when you're picked on in the parking lot, in the schoolyard, and they're calling you sissy because you don't want to go play with the girls. They're calling you all these different names. You've got to run the race. And you've got to run it in such a way that God gets the glory. Guys, it doesn't feel good when your buddies are giving you a hard time because you've got to run home to your little wifey. But you've got to run the race and you've got to run it in such a way that God gets the glory. If I may be just a little bit personal as I bring this Boeing 747 to a landing. God's blessed us with four children. Two boys, two girls. I like playing with the boys. Because we do boy things. We play cars, jets. That's cool. But every once in a while, the girls will say, Daddy, could you play dolls with us? That ain't cool. Because now you hey, how about some tea? <laughs> but you got to run the waste and you got to run it in such a way that God gets the glory. And I say this publicly with my daughters. I love, I love playing dolls with them. Do I always want to? That's for me to know and you to find out. <laughs> but run in such a way that God, that you win and that God gets the glory. Have I said it enough? Let me say it one, one more time. Run in such a way that you win and that God gets the glory. Run, walk, crawl, creep, whatever it is, do it in such a way that you win. And that God gets the glory. Think about the ways that God has you running. Think about the race that God has you running. And ask yourself the question, how are you going to win the race? And how is our God going to get the glory? Bow your heads with me. Father in heaven, we thank you. And we praise you for this opportunity that you have given us. God, we don't always fully understand the race that you have set out for us. But dear God, help us to continually fix our eyes on your son Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. He left us an example, dear God, in the fact that he endured the cross. He suffered the shame, but now he is sitting at the right hand next to you, dear God. Thank you for the godly example you have left for us in him that we are now able to grunt through the pain to bear up under sore muscles knowing dear God that we will win that there is an imperishable reward for us and that you will get the glory Father for your honor and your great glory we ask these things in Jesus name we pray Amen